Welcome to Dr. C's Tidbits Podcast, where Dr. C will provide pearls of wisdom on a variety of topics, from health concerns to finances to relationships and on controversial subjects, including racism, societal ills, women's rights, and many more life-impacting topics. Good day, everyone. This is Dr. C. Thank you for tuning in to season one, episode four of my podcast, Dr. C's Tidbits, where I will share with you on a variety of topics. This episode is titled The Gun Controversy, where I will discuss the ban on assault weapons. But before I begin, please note, if anyone in my listening audience has suffered gun violence or has had someone close to you suffer gun violence, please be aware that there is sensitive data that will be shared surrounding gun violence in this episode. So please take care of yourself if you decide to continue listening. Well, let's get right into it. Anytime there is a controversial issue such as this, you will always find proponents, opponents, and some who fall somewhere in between, not quite sure of which side to choose because the information on both sides is very compelling. Let's begin this discussion by drawing a bit of clarity on which type of guns the ban opposes. Some people are not gun connoisseurs, causing them to be unfamiliar with various types of guns. So allow me to define and distinguish assault weapons from other types of guns. Drawing from federal and state law definitions, the term assault weapon refers primarily to semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and shotguns that are able to accept detachable magazines and possess one or more other features. Dictionary.com defines assault weapon as any various automatic and semi-automatic military firearms utilizing an intermediate power cartridge designed for individual use. Merriam-Webster's online definition is any of various automatic or semi-automatic firearms, especially the assault rifle. From the very definitions, one thing is abundantly clear. There is no single definition for assault weapons, and the definitions are constantly in flux. Another fact that is apparent about banning guns of any type is this. When people believe their constitutional rights are being violated, they will protest in an effort to regain control of those rights. When attempting to ban any type of firearms, people quickly refer to the Second Amendment. So let's talk about the Second Amendment. What is its purpose? The Second Amendment states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. When the amendment was adopted in 1791 as part of the Bill of Rights, it provided a constitutional check on congressional power under Article 1, Section 8 to organize, arm, and discipline the federal militia. In addition to checking federal power, the Second Amendment also provided state governments with what was described as the last coup de grace that would enable the states to thwart and oppose the general government. In modern times, however, the understanding of the Second Amendment provides for an individual's right to carry and use arms for self-defense. So when there is a discussion about taking away people's right to defending themselves via gun power, an uproar ensues. One of the main reasons gun bans are consistently a topic of discussion is the mass shootings that continue to occur at a rapid pace in our country. When a mass shooting occurs, 
and an assault weapon is used, more lives are potentially lost. To be frank, mass shootings along with other types of crimes are difficult to control or predict. Therefore, in an effort to decrease the number of fatalities and injuries, the gun ban is seeking to remove assault weapons from the hands of civilians. CNN and other news outlets have defined a mass shooting as one with four or more injuries or deaths. Do you realize that incidents of mass shootings seem to be occurring more frequently? As of mid-April, the Gun Violence Archive has counted more than 160 mass shootings in the United States this year alone. Last year, the group counted 647 mass shootings. Of those, 21 involved five or more fatalities. Here are just a few of the mass shootings that have occurred this calendar year from January to April. On January 4th in Enoch, Utah, eight people, all in the same family, were killed inside a home in what the police said was a murder-suicide. The victims included five children, ranging in age from 4 to 17. On January 16th, in Goshen, California, four generations of a single family were fatally shot by two intruders inside a home in California's San Joaquin Valley. The dead included a 72-year-old woman who was asleep in bed, a teenage mother and her infant, and a 19-year-old man. Although some members of the family have been involved in gangs, the police said, the nature of the attack appeared to be a calling card of Mexican drug cartels. On January 21st, in Monterey Park, California, a 72-year-old gunman killed 11 people and wounded at least nine others at a dance hall in a predominantly Asian American community as they celebrated the Lunar New Year. The police were investigating the motives of the gunman, who the police said was found dead a day later from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. On January 23rd in Half Moon Bay, California, seven people were fatally shot and one was transported to a hospital with life-threatening injuries after a gunman opened fire at two separate farms. A 67-year-old man who lived and worked on one of the farms and had previously worked at the other was arrested. The authorities believed he intentionally targeted his victims. On January 28th in Los Angeles, three people were killed and four others wounded in an early morning shooting in an upscale neighborhood near Beverly Hills, California. The Los Angeles Police Department said the shooting took place at a short-term rental. On February 1st in Washington, D.C., a gunman attacked people on a bus and inside a metro station in southeast Washington before bystanders tackled him and police officers took him into custody. A transit employee who tried to intervene was killed and three other people were injured. On February 13th in East Lansing, Michigan, 
Three students were killed and five others were wounded in shootings at two buildings on the Michigan State University campus. The gunman, a 43-year-old man who had no known connection to the university, died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, the police said. On February 17th, Tate County, Mississippi, a 52-year-old man went on a shooting rampage at multiple locations in rural Mississippi, killing six people, including his ex-wife and two siblings who were both in their 70s, the authorities said. The gunman, who was taken into custody, began his killing spree at a convenience store in his hometown in Mississippi, where he fatally shot a man who appeared to have no connection to him, the police said. On February 19th, in Memphis, 11 people were shot, one fatally, at two separate crime scenes that the authorities said they believe were connected. Investigators said they had identified three people of interest who they believed could be involved in the shootings. Their names have not been made public. On March 27th, in Nashville, a heavily armed assailant shot and killed three children and three adults at a private Christian elementary school. The shooter, who the authorities said was a former student at the school, was shot and killed by the police. On April 10th in Louisville, Kentucky, a 25-year-old man shot and killed five colleagues at the downtown bank where he worked, the police said. Eight others were wounded in the attack. The suspect was killed by the police after exchanging fire with them. On April 15th in Dadeville, Alabama, four people were killed and 28 others were injured in a shooting at a birthday party, officials said. As I stated earlier, these mass shootings and other incidents of gun violence has led to the most recent bill to ban guns with the focus on assault weapons. The bill is titled S-25 Assault Weapons Ban of 2023. Here are the parameters of the bill. The Assault Weapons Ban of 2023 is a bill to regulate assault weapons to ensure that the right to keep and bear arms is not unlimited and for other purposes as well. This bill makes it a crime to knowingly import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic assault weapon, SAW, or a large capacity ammunition feeding device, LCAFD. The prohibition does not apply to a firearm that is one, manually operated by bolt, pump, lever, or slide action, except for certain shotguns. Two, the prohibition does not apply to permanently inoperable firearms. Three, firearms that are antiques. Four, only capable of firing rimfire ammunition or five, a rifle or shotgun specifically identified by make and model. The bill also exempts from the prohibition the following with respect to an SAW or LCAFD. Importation, sale, manufacture, transfer, or possession related to a certain law enforcement efforts or authorized tests or experiments.
It does not apply to importation, sale, transfer, or possession relating to securing nuclear materials, nor does it prohibit possession by a retired law enforcement officer. The bill permits continued possession, sale, and transfer of a grandfathered SAW, which must be securely stored. A licensed gun dealer must conduct a background check prior to the sale or transfer of a grandfathered SAW between private parties. The bill permits continued possession of or prohibits sale or transfer of a grandfathered LCAFD. Newly manufactured LCAFDs must display serial number identification. Newly manufactured saws and LCAFDs must display the date of manufacture. The bill also allows a state or local government to use Edward Byrne Memorial Justice Assistance Grant Program funds to compensate individuals who surrender a SAW or LCAFD under a buyback program. Thus far, the following actions have been taken in an effort to get the bill passed. On January 23, 2023, the bill was introduced to the Senate. It has been read twice and was then referred to the Committee on the Judiciary. The desire of the supporters of the bill is that the 118th Congress will pass the bill into law. For those who oppose the bill, here is their position, which is demonstrated by their efforts to thwart efforts of bill proponents. According to OpenSecrets.org, a federal ban is unlikely to pass a divided Congress, in part due to the strong influence of the gun rights lobby. Gun rights groups have recently targeted legislation that would limit access to or ban assault weapons at the state and federal level, arguing such measures infringe upon the Second Amendment rights of Americans. Not only that, but gun right groups have contributed a total of $15 million to members of the 118th Congress throughout their careers, overwhelmingly to Republicans, but to Democrats as well. In 2022, gun rights groups took aim at a federal bill to ban the sale, transfer, manufacture, and importation of assault weapons, including AR-15s, high-capacity magazines, and other high-capacity ammunition feeding devices. The assault weapons ban of 2022 passed the U.S. House in July, but died in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Lobbyists for the three gun rights groups that spent the most money on federal lobbying last year, which include the National Shooting Sports Foundation, Gun Owners of America, and the National Rife Association, disclosed lobbying on the bill during the third quarter. According to Mark Oliva, who is the Managing Director of Public Affairs at the National Shooting Sports Foundation, this is clearly an unconstitutional attempt to deny people the firearms of their choosing that are better protected by the Constitution. Oliver pointed to the 2008 U.S. Supreme Court decision in the District of Columbia versus 
Heller, in which the court ruled a D.C. law that strictly regulated gun ownership was unconstitutional. So, as you can see, each side of this issue has compelling reasons to either support the ban on assault weapons or reason to stand in opposition to it. Proponents of the ban are looking out for the safety of the nation's citizens by keeping assault weapons only in the hands of armed forces and not the general citizenry, which will hopefully decrease the number of fatalities and injuries that occur during mass shootings. Opponents of the ban are looking out for the rights the United States Constitution has afforded its citizens by way of the Second Amendment and making sure they are not denied or revoked. What is your position on the assault weapons ban? Do you feel the ban is justified or unjustified? To share your informed perspective, reach out to your state senator today. Use your voice to make a difference. Stay tuned for the outcome of this bill. Will it be voted into law or shrubbed like so many gun weapons bans before it? Well, I guess we will just have to wait and see, won't we? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dr. C's Tidbits. As always, I appreciate your support of my podcast. May the Lord continue to bless you always. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Dr. C's Tidbits, a production of CLF Publishing Collaborative. Share this podcast with friends and family, giving others an opportunity to be enlightened. This podcast is available via Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Tune in next week for another episode of Dr. C's Tidbits. 